Easter and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Right. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. Today, I am joined with Charles Cormier, and I'm really excited to talk to you, man, because I you have a lot of energy. You have a lot of really interesting ideas. Uh, we met because I came on your podcast uh, a month and a half ago or so, and uh, and I just, we had such a good conversation that I wanted to have you on, and I thought you could talk to my people about freedom. So welcome. Thank you. And yeah, freedom is one of my favorite topics, always like how I designed this life. And yeah, we really had a good connection. I actually want to reinvite you in six to seven months from now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got to ask, I think my, one of the things that I, we should start with is just because it's a, it's like a base level for everything else is energy. Dude, where do you get your energy from? How do you, how do you maintain the energy required to, because just give people a little bit of a look into like what you do in a day. Yeah, let's start with that. And then I'll, I'll get into the, the how. Um, serial entrepreneur, I'd say uh, creative person since my birth and I've used entrepreneurship and getting into multiple businesses that, as an outlet to that energy and that creativity. I stack the scientific mindset over that so that I can create systems and predictable results, and constantly have growth because my main definition of happiness is growing in life. You know, the 1% better every day, Tony Robbins sort of. Uh, so I have multiple businesses. Um, my first serious business was a nootropic for the brain. Always had that fascination with energy, memory, cognitive performances that I had on my podcast, a lady that uh, severed two vertebrae and she only works two hours per day now and is cognitively impaired. So the brain is really precious, you know, and yeah. if you have a car accident today, you can lose all of that. So health is really precious and health has always been a, a dominant team in my life. I don't want to die. That, that will be my aim. And probably five to 10 years from now, my, my main focus Nowadays, I'm, I'm building the business that will build other businesses. So under that cold co, if you want, I have multiple agencies. The main one is a cold email AI one. And that's a lot of fun because I can test multiple uh, product with multiple markets and obtain probably 3% of the time a product market. 
And that's how I design all my other businesses and agencies. So we have a podcasting agencies, because as you know, podcasting is super hot. Yeah. We have a mastermind agency. We have a bunch of these agencies. Everything that I try for myself as a marketing or sales tool, if you want, or product tool, I offer it as a service. So the, the goal here is to create a machine uh, that can generate money, right? There's a capitalist backend to all of that. And I'm trying to scale that to uh, sassify these businesses and then AIFI these businesses because that's another of my agency, GPT as a service. So I take all of these agencies, I get more ideas, I get smarter every day, and I'm getting uh, near my goals to create this business that will create other businesses, which is most likely to be an AI. So I can track the capitalist code and do stuff that is pretty cool, like not dying because I'm a happy person. Why would I want to die? And I don't know, just try out cool stuff, right? Yeah, right on. Now we're going to come back to the not dying piece later, but, um, but so, so you've got, you've got all these businesses that you run and in, in a day, I mean, I've seen your calendar, dude. It's like, it's packed back to back to back to back. So where do, how do you get the energy to do all that stuff? What, what's important to you in terms of maintaining your health, maintaining your energy? Yeah, that was the second part of the question. So, uh, genes, my mom gave me the ADHD genes, so a huge energy, you know? And I'm glad that I'm a man because there's testosterone in there and that kind of eliminates the anxiety part of ADHD, right? Because I, I feel a lot of folks live with that ADHD and it's just taking over their life. They can't do shit on a daily basis. Me, I add uh, testosterone and um, molecules that, that calm my brain so I can be focused like L-theanine, for example. So I drink a lot of these and I, I can get that focus as well. So I can, I can view things like a, an eagle from, from the top, but I, I can dive down also and really focus on, on one thing and catching one prey uh, whenever I want. So genes, thank you, mom. Uh, the other aspect of it and exposure. Okay. So anyone out there, even without the genes, if you expose yourself to constant stressors, your body is amazing. It will adapt to it. Okay. And then there's the biohacking part. So I'm cheating a little bit here. Coffee, right? Black coffee, that's the, the, an essential uh, for memory, for cognitive uh, performances and physical performances, cardiovascular health. So uh, two black coffees a day. I eat one meal a day, so I don't waste time uh, eating basically and filling myself up with food that is not good. And when I eat food, food it's good food. Um, for example, I eat pizza, right? But it's sourdough bread pizza with local cheese and local ingredients and all that So Diet is quite important. Supplementation as well. I use uh, Neurohackers Qualio, which is quite good. The non-caffeinated version of it. Um, need to export it in Mexico. It's quite expensive. And a bunch of other supplements. You and I, we talked about sun exposure. We talked about Wim Hof. Uh, obviously, exercise. I'm an ultra athlete. So I do a full fucking load of exercise on a daily basis. Every minute that I have, I'll be doing uh, yoga. I'll be doing uh, some form of meditation. I'll be going running in the mountains here with my dogs. I'll be uh, biking. I'll be going to the gym here. I'll be swimming. So I always do some uh, form of uh, physical activity. And I also chill. You know, it's not always go, go, go. The days are quite intense. And most importantly, I experiment stuff. You know, so I experiment in my business, but I also experiment on my body and and this life, you know, and right now I'm in a quite intensive phase. 
I really want to max out like the, the meetings in my calendar for reasons we could get into, but it's not always been that way. And also it's not for everyone, right? Like me, I'm not super extroverted. I'm mid introverted and extroverted, but I push myself to meet all of these people, to network, to learn on a 10x speed from CEOs that make billions sometimes. And also, yeah, it's just fun to connect and get data about the world. You get less dumb, right? You get less racist. You get less uh, fascist and less of an idiot when you speak with so many people and you understand so many perspectives. Yeah. And I love that. I Actually, maybe double click on what all the appointments on your calendar are right now, because I think this is a really interesting thing that you're running in your life right now. And I think people would be interested to hear about it. So what, what what's with all the appointments? Yeah, there's 120 per week right now. 50% of them are podcasts. Huge believer in podcasting. And the other, let's say 30% of them would be sales calls. And the other 20% would be miscellaneous. So for that, I, I would have these partners of mine, these CEOs that manage my agencies, right? I don't have employees anymore. I only have partners, uh, co-founders, and AIs to run my business. I don't deal with the 9 to 5 mindset anymore. So that's the, the composition of this calendar in terms of meetings. And then all the blank spots, I actually crunch some work. And most of the work that I do is, is creating systems, working with AIs that can scale stuff. Yeah, love it. And, and so uh, this podcast thing, because I think people will be fascinated with this. What, what's going on with the podcast? Because you have like a podcasting agency. You have actually multiple different podcasts that you're doing and you're having these conversations. So what, what's behind that? Like what was going on? Why did you do the podcast thing? Yeah, the first reason is is odd, you know, like I was sitting on my penthouse in Manzanillo, Mexico, probably three years ago, and enjoying the amazing sea view there. Like, I'm not giving enough, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm wealthy, I'm everything, but like, I'm not giving enough. So like, and I was obviously a listener of podcasting. So a hybrid of giving and experimenting. I started my first podcast. It was like as innocent as that. Then I discovered that it was a, an amazing tool to learn. I've always been obsessed with learning. And instead of listening to audiobooks, for example, I could ask a billion dollar CEO, what was his, his tactics, right? How did he get there? And by the way, we can get back to that, but it's not the best to ask a billion dollar CEO if you're at a million dollar a year, because he'll mm. tell you stuff that is not super relevant. But you, you get these golden nuggets, basically, and you can learn 10x faster that way. And then it was like, okay, I'm growing my network, uh, my network with a K and also my networks, right? Because I can get, but I could get sponsors of these podcasts. Uh, people refer me all the time. People buy from me straight up on the pods, uh, my agency services, but also my cold email services. So there's a capitalist backend that can have me going, right? Because I did the podcasting for free for a while. And as much as I liked it, I mean, we need money in this society. It's like hipsters that want to change the world. Capitalism is blue. Capitalism is good. It unites us. It's like the, the energy flow between you and I. And yep. it, it allows me to keep going and keep on reinvesting that money to grow it even more. So that those are the reasons why behind the pod. Yeah, I kind of think about money like or as like a sort of energy that grows things that... right. You know what I mean? Like you have all these plants, but they need energy of some kind. And money is just a flow that allows that all to circulate. It allows you to like navigate the world in a very easy way. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful invention, you know, like we don't think of it as an invention, but it is a technology. And just like the light overhead, the Wi-Fi, the computer we work on, we don't realize we just use them. But there were people that worked really hard uh, to to come up with these inventions. Back in the days, it was trade, right? I'm trading my computer for your headphones. Uh, but yeah, the money is like the energy, the middleman. And that's why I say the glue. And without money, I think this society would be complete fucking chaos. I think we would be killing each other. But instead, nowadays, we trade with all the nations. Yes, there's some idiots out there that want more power than, than they actually have. And they cause chaos in that world. But money is really good. We trade with China. We trade with Russia. We used to, by the way. I'm still trading with Russia, hopefully. Uh, I don't think Russians are bad. Uh, most of them, that is. And... Yeah, it's, it's just what allows the world to keep on doing like nice rotations. Yeah. Um, and th this idea that money, part of what money does is it allows us to borrow from the future too. It like lets us like kind of move, like kind of invest in technologies before they can possibly exist because we can use debt and that sort of thing. But mm. we, that could be its own whole conversation. Let's get back to these experiments that you run because I, I think it's, I think you, you thinking like a scientist, I think is something that's really useful for a freedom mindset. So can you walk us through, how do you think about setting up your experiments? How do you think about keeping track of your experiments? How do you think about um, which experiments to choose? That sort of thing. Right. And yeah, like money, we could get like really deep fintech and space time and, and all that, that I plan to deploy lots of business in that space. Now for the question that you just asked, beautiful part, and that is the first part and the huge insight for the audience is that scientific uh, mindset slash framework, for the first requirement is to kill your ego. Okay. So me, I, I just had a bot today and she was uh, mentioning the importance of play, you know, playing in the sandbox. Well, when you make experiments, it's the same. You need to remove the ego from the equation. So this approach of mine and what I'm telling you today is not perfect at all, you know, and I don't give a shit if you think it's not good for you. That's okay. That might not be good for you. So kill your ego at first, okay? So still have hypothesis and uh, ideas, right? To write them down. And in the cold email context, I take these ideas and, for example, okay, a campaign that I launched yesterday, uh, an AI mastermind. Okay, so it's uh, a mastermind for folks that are in the AI field to discuss AI tech stats because I do believe that, yeah, nine to five employees are not going to last long. It's, it's going to be AI agents and systems. So I reunite these folks once a month uh, in a mastermind room. How did I get that idea? I talked to tons of folks on the pod. I listen to audiobooks. I take care of my brain. Um, and most importantly, I have the product market fit machine that is my cold email machine. I use Apollo, by the way, to do that to test these ideas. So a product, a market, who's the market? The AI folks, right? AI CEOs, I call them. I do that research on Apollo. And then I add a thousand contacts. And to be fair, I had 10,000 yesterday. And I'm already getting uh, seven responses since yesterday. So I'm constantly A-B testing that and making potential conclusion. Right now, I can tell you already that this is going to work. This is going to work really well. And uh, the next step to that, right, once you have the mastermind idea, then you offer masterminds as a service, and then you create your ecosystem. And the goal of that is that you get data from a bunch of directions, and we could talk numbers, 50% right? open rates and up, uh, reply rates, 5% uh, at least, uh, closing rate and so forth. 
But in the end, you get so much data that it becomes encrusted in your gut. Me, my main strength and why there's a bunch of people paying me for my coaching services is that I can pinpoint, oh, this here, uh, there's a huge product market bit, right? So my last newsletter, for example, uh, I gave my 10 best product market fit of the year from all the clients that I have, from all the agencies that I run. And yeah, that one was pretty successful. So yeah, there were like 10 top niches there that are, are pretty fun. So when you say product market fit now, because you're, you're almost talking as though there's, uh, you're figuring this out somehow before there's a product itself. So is this like a Tim Ferriss kind of advertising first sort of an idea, like where you're, you're going out, you're emailing it and you're seeing what could like, who is interested in what emails and that sort of thing. And then you're, you're honing and refining on what that messaging is. And then you're using that to figure out the product. Is that what the kind of the, the general idea is? Right. I, I wouldn't say that it's 100% sales and zero product because these products already exist, right? I was part of masterminds and organized various groups. I've managed thousands of humans. Um, so, but indeed, yes, it's a concept, right? My reputation is already established. And yet, yeah, reputation is not the kind of thing that I care. But yeah, to get these products off the ground, uh, I need to have uh, an established track record, right? And people go check my LinkedIn, you know, they're pretty impressed. And then they, they're like, okay, th this is going to work. But indeed, it is an idea that it's some kind of concept. I already have a bunch of masterminds right now, but the AI mastermind would be new, right? Um, so yes, I'm going to test it and I'm going to see if it works. And yes, it's all online products. I don't do physical stuff. And that's always what I advise starters in business. Like don't uh, sell cars, you know, don't buy cars and sell them because you'll have a huge inventory. Just create uh, products out of thin air, basically. Awesome. And so then you're, and I, I do think this is a really interesting um, product that you offer, basically this product market fit machine that you're doing. So um, how, like people would come to you because they want to help. They're like, they already have a product that exists and they want your help to kind of like find if there's product market, market fit or how they would position that product in order to find their product market fit. And then you'd help them do the testing and running the AVs until they get an you own. Know, yeah. Is that basically how it works? The thing is that 95% of businesses out there don't have a product market fit. You know, it's very rare. Um, well, I mean, maybe I'm a bit extreme here. Maybe 80% of businesses don't have a product market fit. In that definition, you know, okay, if you're a small business and then you have three clients that keep on buying from you, I mean, that that is not necessarily a product market fit because you're, you're staying small and you're being comfortable. You're going to get wiped out sooner and later as soon as there's a COVID that comes, as soon as there's a 2008. So you need to always be growing, right? And you need to scale your systems and operations and you need to get yeses at scale. So to me, that's a product market fit. Most of the clients that I deal with, um, 80, if not 90%, do not have a product market fit indeed. Uh, they might have a couple of clients, but they know their business is dying, right? They know that they won't, and every business is dying, by the way, by definition, you know, if you don't reinvest or have systems. And so they come see me and then I test out four of these potential product market fit, right? Um, I'm going to target lawyers, accountants, CEOs of AI companies and founders, fintech companies. And then we're going to test like four offers, right? So we're going to test a free trial. We're going to test a free plan. We're going to test a direct call and we're going to test a Zoom call, for example. So we A-B test that, make 
data sense out of it. And once we have a bunch of yes, that these convert into meetings, into their calendars, and then we see if they close, right? The closing rate this year on average, pretty low. It's 20%. Historically, it used to be 30. And yeah, we, we tried to see if they can make good money, have ROI over my services and, and scale that. So yeah, most businesses do not have a broad market fit. Yeah, this is such an interesting topic, but I, there's so many things I want to ask you about. So let's, let's, uh, let me change lanes a little bit here. I want to talk about mental models and freedom and how you think about, uh, thinking basically. And yeah. what, like, what, what ways of thinking do you think? I, so here's the way I'm going to ask this question. What do you think the principles of thinking are that lead people increasingly to freedom? The main principle is that this brain of yours, it's capable of manifesting anything that you can think of because the brain is physical, right? And it's neuroplastic. So you can create anything you, you, you can think of. Now we all have, there's various parts to the brain, there's auto-sabotaging part, like your reptilian brain, for example, uh, that will try to fuck with you pretty much all the time. <laughs> and you can learn to uh, shut that one down. But the, the mother principle, everything is that, yeah, you can, anything you set your mind to, you can accomplish. Okay, so, I'm not sure how to make that clear enough, but anyone that, is full of excuses. Oh, I'm poor. I'm broke. I have three childrens. Um, you know, that's all excuses. Uh, now there will be a lot of pain. So I have a list of probably hundred mental model, but pain management is certainly something that I often talk about. Me, I've reversed my relationship with pain. I'm masochistic now. A lot of people would say, meaning that I have pleasure when I, I have pain, literally, you know. As an Iron Man in an ultra, not a lot of people say that, but it's true. You know, ultra athletes that run for 48 hours uh, co consecutively, they're masochistic. Uh, and then in terms of freedom, my mental model with freedom, well, one nowadays that is prominent in my mind is to create your own prison, you know, uh, so stack up the challenge in front of you and handle the pain for a while, you know. So that whenever you want to get out of that prison, you can, but at least it's self-created. And I see so many folks nowadays in the nine to five plague, uh, that's just killing them from the inside. You know, they're sacrificing their values for money. That's 90% of the population. That's one main problem nowadays for humanity. A bunch of folks, another mental model, uh, are addicted to, you're addicted to porn. Porn is a, mostly at the plague for, for humans. Um, and I'm about to onboard a born client, oddly enough, because I love experimenting, you know. But I, I think that for a lot of folks, it, it is a plague. Now, that leads to another very deep conversation uh, that I had yesterday with that client on a pod, actually. And, yeah, like, there's, I couldn't make up lists, but, yeah, one, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Two, reinvent the relationship uh, with pain. And three, impose that pain on yourself and just grow uh, some muscle through sheer exposure, right? The, most you, the more you expose yourself to stress, the more you expose uh, yourself to, to the gym and these heavy weights, the more you grow in the end. And life is like this, you know, it's always up and down. It's, that's, that's the story of life. And last but not least, talking about addiction, um, everyone is looking life in beautiful lens nowadays. Oh, look at her on Instagram, big butt, big boobs. What is it to spend time with her? You know, 
uh, that's the reality. The the butts and the boobs is the reality. So a lot of people try to distort reality and that's causing a lot of pain, you know, and they don't know how to deal with that pain. So I'd invite folks to think outside of the box, think for themselves. Also educate yourself and expose your brain to various uh, education outlets. And yeah, think for yourself, you know, don't follow herds, don't uh, listen to the media and who knows, start biohacking a little bit. This is something that's really interesting, this exposure idea, because we, I think you've been talking about it in terms of pain. And in some ways we're talking about psychological pain, but we started the episode talking about, I think, cold exposure you were talking about and just exposing yourself to stress. You were talking about these, uh, these ultra marathons, the Ironman trading, the Pasana. I saw you've been to a couple of the Pasana retreats, which is a kind of exposure to a sort of psychological pain. And I think it's really interesting to this idea of changing your relationship with pain, because what happens when you, it's almost like what you're saying is don't try to find the easy path. Try to become never stronger and stronger by almost like finding the more challenging path. You know what I mean? It's like when you're learning the guitar, you can learn on nylon strings or you can learn on steel strings. Steel strings are going to strengthen your, your fingers faster, you know, easier, that sort of thing. Right. Is this, I mean, is this the idea is like, is like intentionally put obstacles in your way. Yeah. And the, the thing that my weird brain says right now is that I would qualify myself as a data slut, you know, slut or slut. Uh, well, how do you want to uh, view it? Which is that I expose myself to so many stimuli around me and I experiment with a lot of stuff. Now I won't experiment with stupid stuff, you know, uh, that will uh, bring me close to death but i feel that with this system with this scientific thinking as a, an overlay to the full framework you just get better at making bets you know i'm really really good at making bets um I, obviously that that is ego right when i was young oh, i'm always right and nah, nah. i did have that iq but I, i'm really good at making bets and usually when i make a decision it's good obviously i suck at other areas and i recognize it but yeah, that, that would be a good framework. And just to invite folks also to understand that your little reality, it, it can change, you know, consciousness is something that can change. Uh, you and I, we talked uh, just before that call, you know, there was a storm here and mm -hmm. yeah, we lost electricity and just to smell the rain, to see the, you know, the rain falling and the sun reflecting in it, that's a different shift in reality and in perception. And you can expose yourself to these different activities. Just take your two legs and walk around. You know, if you're in a city, walk in the city and smell and observe and, and see like, and try to feel others' reality. That's another cool exercise. Or who knows, walk in the mountain. Enjoy the views, you know. The reality is different. I feel that a lot of folks, they box themselves in a reality and they just never come back from it. And then they get depressed and shit. So try to see a different perspective of reality yeah I, I actually like this idea too relating it back to the last thing we were just talking about with exposing yourself to to challenge because i think a lot of times people uh wall ourselves off from the um the exposure to like alternate ideas things that are going to be challenging ideas where it's going to be like oh like you know because we get really comfortable in our in our worldviews and then when you expose when you come up against someone else and this happens a lot especially on the internet social media this sort of thing where people are like fighting and then they'll just like cancel each other or whatever it's like, well, what would happen if you, if you, if you went through that experience of like the desire to cancel and you actually like tried on somebody else's perspective, like what happens to your mind when you actually expose yourself to something that's challenging, that's, 
that's painful, that's difficult for you to experience rather than just running away from it to keep yourself safe or to keep yourself comfortable. Yeah, like don't protect your castle too much. Like go walk outside, then be a bit more nomadic. You know, I traveled the world that helped. I started various startups. I talk with various uh, folks on my podcast on a daily basis. And yeah, I tried to do more of these physical activities that are different just to change my perspective because yeah you can get locked quite quickly in in your reality oh i'm a single mom and i'm taking care of my children and that's my life you know it can change and so much of like in the last years i've I've gone to understand haters you know back in the days i was closed like these guys are total idiots toxic but i got to understand why why haters are haters and why haters hate who know who would have thought Right. I love that. I love that. Let's, let's go just a little layer deeper on this choosing experiments for like, cause you, you, you have a lot of different ideas in a lot of different directions. And I wonder if you might give our listeners a little bit of an insight into how do you choose experiments? How do you come up with the ideas for the directions that you want to move in the first place, where you want to run experiments, where you want to like creating vision, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and this right there is, uh, H-I, you know, like a lot of people talk about AI nowadays, but this is like human intelligence. Plan. It's really tough to reproduce. It's even tough to explain in words. It, it, I will be able to explain it in words once I, I sit down and I build a course out of it and, and so forth. But it, intuition at this point, it's gut level. I can, I can try to explain it, um, which is that the main model is Ikigai. Okay, it's like what I love doing, what the world wants, uh, what I'm good at, and what I can get paid for, mm-hmm. or something like that. I probably yeah, those are the the key guy. Yeah, that's that's the model. <laughs> um, and and then you you take the key guy and yeah, you like one area of the key guy would be product market fit. So it's like it needs to encompass pretty much all of that. So good money. I need to be able to learn from that business. It needs to benefit the whole ecosystem that I'm building, right? Um, so that would be a, a great start. And I probably have a list of seven others criteria. Now, where do I get the best ideas? I call these nodes. Um, so there's nodes out there that are stronger than others. These nodes are humans, by the way. So these are humans that I trust a lot. Right, like Eric Nowalowski when it comes to cold email AI. Uh, when it comes to startup ideas, it's uh, Sean Puri and Dad, um, like the other guy from Sam Parr uh, from My First Million uh, podcast. I get great ideas from there. Uh, then there's the All In podcast, right, that I listen to. And then there's some CEOs and founders that I interview on my pod. I'm like, yo, you have an amazing business. Like it's Charles certified. And I'm better clone it and and try uh, to to reproduce what you did. And most of it, I mean, if it's a SaaS, right? It's it's tough. I mean, I want low hanging fruits. So that's why I get allotted to agencies and to productized services nowadays. These are the best businesses ever. And you know, now it's not the and the next Amazon. Yes, it is. I I do think I'm gonna build the next Amazon, even if I'm running a cold email agency. Why? Because it's, it's a product market fit machine. So on top of that, being beneficial to the ecosystem, being a cash machine and so forth, it also needs to 
help me get data. Okay. So it needs to be a market research outlet. So the mastermind, right? And that's a good example. The podcast, it's obvious. I just question people and they give me the data on their business, how much right. it makes, how much lines they have. The mastermind, dude, it's even more. They will share like how many sexual partners they had, you know? So basically I get the full sheet, how much they make, uh, how many clients they have, how long did it take them, how challenging it was. And, and then I correlate that because people don't always tell the truth. Uh, even if they think they're telling the truth, it might be different from reality. So I, I correlate that with another of my algorithms. And then I conclude uh, magically, right? It's gut level. Okay, I need to test out this business ideas. And the, the last thing, because this might sound complicated and I can make a formula out of it. That, that was my goal actually to make all my mental models into uh, quickly understandable formulas. That's going to be done in the next three months. Um, but just the, the last piece to that is that if you don't have this very sharp sword as a brain, as I do, you can still use a cold email machine like Apollo, for example, that gives you 10,000 contacts a month to just test anything you can think of. So just ask ChatGPT 10 business ideas and on Apollo, there's 10,000 contacts that they give you per month. You can test 10 campaigns with 1,000 contacts. That's statistical relevance right there and see the reaction, right? And see how you feel in your heart as well. It's not only in your brain. Do you like doing that? Or is it like a huge pain? Does it generate energy to you or does it create a and yeah, you mix, you blend that all of that together. You get my gut instinct. And I get ideas like the mastermind AI that gets like instant traction in two days. Yeah, because then that's back to that like Ikigai idea, right? Like because you're you're actually figuring out ways to test out Ikigai and then you're you're applying that final like gut level. Like, do I actually enjoy this thing at the end of the day? Uh, at, in addition to the business model. So you had a few criteria that were going on for that. It sounds like you want something that's going to not only contribute to the whole ecosystem, create win-win situations, it's going to be financially solid and it's going to, and then we're going to be able to, it's going to collect data. So that's going to give us downstream information so that we can use that information to apply to other products. And then finally, we're going to ask like, do I like this? Am I really enjoying this thing? And right. It needs to be high ticket also. It needs to be recurring. Okay. It needs to be MRR. Mm -hmm. There's it needs to be zero employees, fully AI, fully automatable. Have a bunch of other criteria there. And just one last thing, just to remind folk of the scientific method, which is really basis, right? You have an hypothesis, then you deploy the campaign, right? The experiment itself. Then you analyze the campaign, the open rates, the reply rates, your heart and all of that. Then you conclude stuff. And from these conclusions, you may or may not relaunch other experiments and other babies out of that experiment. So that's the process. Yeah, love it. And that's really cool. Um, and then I just want to like double click on this thing because I think this was an interesting thing that you said and I want to highlight it for listeners, which is that you're, because we've been kind of, I think part of the theme of this conversation has been like this exposure, exposure to, you know, different experiences, exposure to pain, all this stuff. And it sounds like the the thing that you're doing that is really helping you to generate lots and lots of ideas is you're actually exposing yourself to a massive amount of information and mental models and like other people's thinking and books and podcasts and you're 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 really going out there and you're like checking against data and you're pushing and then you're like and this is what i think our brains are really good at by the way is is taking various different pieces of information and connecting them together and integrating them in really unique ways and that is where i think right. like where we're genius where we're like where brains can do something that 
machines can't really do yet. This is that human intelligence piece, right? Right. And so I think I just like I want to highlight yeah. that because I think that's something part of what you're doing with these CEO conversations with uh, with your massive exposure to podcasts and various different information and then also the data sets that you're collecting. Right, because GPT, you know, it may give you low level ideas because all it does is scrape like all human ideas and all human ideas were pretty bad so far. They were like quite seven on 10, you can call them innovators and uh, drill blazers and however you want to call them the steve jobs and the elon musk of this world their ideas are worth 9.5 on 10 they're, they're out of this world you know and that's that magic that is hard to reproduce we still don't understand the brain is not fully understand yet consciousness you know how we come up with these conclusions uh, there's a lot of biochemistry in there for example sometimes i dream of business idea i wake up with some business idea I go in different environments and I look at this tree and I have a business idea. Um, there's this huge serendipity as this, this world is super complicated, you know? And yes, I think we have a super computer up there. Uh, the brainware, uh, Elon, uh, you know, like the book, I would recommend people to, to watch it. Me personally, I've maxed out right now. It's like podcast, right? But Walter Isaacson's book on Elon was quite good. And, I think he calls that, yeah, his, his uh, liquid wear or something like that. And he does a lot of calculations when you ask him a question and provides a, a very interesting response. So there's still a lot of that HI. Most of what's under that HI should be AI, right? That 9.5 on 10, all under you should be 8 on 10s. While employees, it's pretty rare that they reach that level and yeah, I think people should just expose themselves to, to greater quantity of stimuli and do various exercises and, and try out stuff. I did journaling. Um, the masterminds are a good one also, the podcasting. Uh, but even more so, just chat GPT, you know, start a conversation with GPT and ask him questions because sometimes you won't have a human partner that will be there for you. So All the um, time. if you want to try out these tools, yeah, the perplexity.ai, claude.ai as well. Uh, that can be very helpful to have these ideas and to just open your mind. And same thing when you have a conflict, when you're going to a very stressful event and you don't have anyone to, to chat to or you're just lazy and low energy at like 1 a.m. in the morning, just had a bad fight with your spouse. Well, try to use one of these, you know, chat with, with them and see if, if they can make you feel better. But the, the point is, is experiment. And sometimes, yes, we're low energy and we're incredibly low motivation to do an action, but the more you do it, the more you create that pathway, you know, the more you fire that pathway and the more you'll be able to do it. And next thing you know, like in two to five years, who knows your life will start changing. I love it. I love it. Dude, this is really awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, this is, I mean, this is just dripping gold the whole time. So I really appreciate you sharing your, some of your mental models, some of your, uh, your physical hacks, um, some of your like like the all of the, your ways that you set up the systems in your business. It's really cool to hear. Uh, if people want to find you, Charles, where where can they get a hold of you? Where would be the best place to uh, you know listen to some of your ideas or you know f find out about you? Yeah, Charles, call me on Google, and basically a couple of things should pop. Uh, my LinkedIn is where I share the most uh, business advice and some mindset advice there. Uh, my YouTube will pop as well. My website, CharlesCormier.com, and there should be a link tree in there's a link tree to all my social media instead of tiktok i don't spend much there 
Twitter if you want to see the dark side of me. And uh, yeah, Great. that's where you will find me. Cool. So we'll get you, we'll get that link tree uh, put in the show notes as well so that you can uh, just go, we'll make it easy for you. You can go ahead and click through in the show notes. But Charles, I really appreciate you having the conversation with me today. Thanks so much and keep doing what you're doing, man. It's really awesome. Pleasure, dude. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, The Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.